Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi. Okay, let's see if I coordinate this with the video. Good morning. It's uh, Tuesday morning, and uh, and a very busy guy with, I'm doing in the middle of this lecture series on the power of the basins down the ages. So I'm very tunumin. However, um, I do want to do the uh, history podcast today, which is being sponsored by uh, Henry Rosenberg. Time ago, he actually has two yard sites last week and this week. 16 Thomas, which uh, was his mom, uh, Brannis Basheim, and uh, 25 Thomas, that's any day now, um, is Shalom Ben his father, Shalom Ben So I thank him for the uh, sponsorships. And I'll tell you the truth, I had to draw a blank. It was me. It goes by whatever is on your mind. And I, for some reason, I just had a blank. I didn't know who, who to talk about. And then Ari Album sent me a list of names. And one of them was the Yavim Mitzula, Nelson Hanover, the author of the Yavim Mitzula, which is about the Xeris Tachmatat. I said, I've done that already. But then it came to my mind the following thought, and that's what I want to do this morning. And that is maybe locate... Uh, Nathan Hanover, this chronicler, this historian, was in the broad frame of what I would call from history books. So I want to give a little talk this morning, not comprehensive, um, it's not a lecture, on um, quote-unquote the from history books. And what I mean by that are the chronicles that have been McCubble and Claw you throughout, as you almost say, almost part of Torah literature. Um, once upon a time, even today but less so, most of you probably don't know this. Once upon a time, the Frum Library included a certain number of history books. Now, they're not what we call nowadays modern history, but it was expected that every Moscow should be familiar with these works. That's how you know your Jewish history. When I say the word Moscow, I don't mean in the modern sense, but in the old sense. So the Vilna Gaon is a Moscow and read all these books and was familiar with them. The Satmarov, the Ramah, the Rambam, you see what I'm saying? Like that. Um, these are the quote-unquote the Makobel books in Klai Yisrael. And I don't think most people are familiar with the library of them. And I want to make a few remarks this morning uh, to locate the Yavain Mitzvah, which is about the Xeris Tachvatat, within this framework. It's one of those famous books that Klai Yisrael reads. <clears throat> so, um, in general, there's a. if you want to know, those of you who are listening, are probably interested in Jewish history to some degree or another. What are the books out there? So the truth of the matter is we're living in late in the 21st century. There's an entire field of Jewish history, Jewish studies as they call the universities. And there's a ton of literature coming out all the time. You know, naturally. A guy who never started is not going to be able to master all that stuff. You know, that requires a, a full-time specialty commitment. However, Every one of you out there who's a Moscow in the old sense, I repeat, in the old sense, the from sense, let's put it that way, ought to be familiar, to some degree or another, with the classics of Jewish 
old history, even though they're not the final word in the subject, they're not necessarily all accurate, they're highly this and that and the other, all of which is true. Having said that, an educated Jew, I'll say an educated Torah Jew, is supposed to be familiar with this stuff. You see? Um, it doesn't replace Dafyomi, but nevertheless, it's what's there. Most people don't know, aren't familiar with the library, therefore I'm going to touch on uh, a fair number of the classics. Now, right off the bat, you should know, there's this golden oldie, about a hundred and some years ago, uh, which is republished from once in a while, which I have in my hand over here. So those today who are watching the video have a tiny bit of advantage over those listening in the audio. You can see it yourself, because I'm going to do a little bit of show and tell. Not a lot, but a little. There's a golden oldie by a mosque from Odessa named Avram Khan, that he was talking about from, about 120 years ago, in which he did exactly what I said, which is he collected in two volumes, as you see over here, right? Something called Sifrut HaHistoria HaYisraeli. It's very good. Um, and he did precisely what I'm talking about, which is HaSifrut HaHistoria HaYisraeli means the Israel or the Jewish uh, uh, historical literature. He doesn't mean in the modern sense, but in the old classic sense that I'm talking about this morning. So as you can see over here in the table of contents, he has... A nice list, I'm not doing all of them at all, um, of what are the Jewish historical sources that are out there, the Chronosotes, from the old times, okay? And Miguel's times, he starts with the Seder Olam, Miguel's HaShemunah, and this and that and the other, okay? And this is, if, if, if those of you who are players and want to be players, you might hear, I'm pointing, pointing up on the screen, Avram Khan, a Sifrita Historia, Israeli, maybe it's on Hebrew books, I don't know. And he has... Uh, a doggone good collection, or selection, of all the classic works of Jewish historiography. However, they're not necessarily total. If it's a small piece, he'll have the whole piece in there. Why not? If it's a larger, he'll just have excerpts. Okay? So for our purposes today, and again, I'm not tr trying to be a, do a university course over here, but just to acquaint the listeners of this uh, podcast, this video, but to... Uh, general taste of what's called classic old, I'll use this term, from historiography, the old days. So when it comes, now we're in the three weeks, and one of the oldest is this over here, what I hold in my hand, called Yosifan. What you see now is, in, you can get in two volumes, as I have it, uh, with Nikudos, <laughs> right? That's why I got in Israel years ago. Now, listen closely. Josephus is not part of the old uh, library. Yosifun is. Josephus is not considered from. Yosifun is considered from. Now, that has nothing to do with the fact of whether Josephus is accurate or not, or the Yosifun is not accurate. Those are separate discussions. But a from Jew, once upon a time, like I say, the Vilnagon, the Satmar Rebbe, I'm serious about this. The Baal Shant of anybody. You have a, a Gemara set, you have a Mikras Gedola set. One of the things you have is Yosifon. I'm 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 doing it very seriously, right? And during the three weeks, you used to pull this out, and that's where you read about the Korban Beis Hamikdash, the wars with the Romans, and all that business. What's the relationship between Yosifon and Josephus? This is like a from knockoff of Josephus, but as I said before, I don't want to get into this in detail. I'm simply trying to tell you that it's a from thing. So all the Rishon Machronim did this. 
that during this time of the year, of course you read Kamsa by Kamsa. Yes, that's true. The famous Gemaras and all that. If you're a little wider, you might read the Medashechad, whatever. But um, you also want to read Yossi Fung. And that's where the Frum Jew of yesteryear got all of his historical knowledge of the details of the Chorm Beis Amigdash. Okay? Now, that's a one. I made a little list here for myself. Again, on purpose, not a comprehensive list, but a broad one to locate this within a wider framework. Uh, after Yossi Fung, which is composed really in the Byzantine era, to tell you the truth, one of the wrote Jews on the Byzantine Empire, one of the very early um, sources out there is what you call over here, I hold it in my hand, uh, Megillus Achimats, which again, I picked up in Israel years ago, it was a uh, Megillus Achimats would be from the Byzantine period. There it tells you, it's a famous source of stories, true, not true, whatever, of stories um, of the famous rabbis that were in the Byzantine, the Eastern Roman Empire, having to do with in Greece and what you today call Asia Minor Turkey, and famous rabbis and stuff like that. They're famous from this book. Okay? So, the Frum Jew is supposed to know Yosifang. If you live after 1800, Miguel Sachimatz. I'll, I'll hold it up so you can see it. Um, Miguel Sachimatz. Okay? Um, and there's also a classic source. The next one that comes to mind is the Sefer Kabbalah. That already takes you into the Spain and the uh, Middle Ages, time of the Rishonin, by Derived, not Derived, but Derived. The person who wrote this is not identical with Derived, uh, uh, you know, who's the commentary in the Rambam, the critic of the Rambam, but it's another Derived. And he was a chronicler and a historian. That's where you get a lot of the information that we've heard. He's the one who tells the stories about Tanoim, Amroim, afterwards, some of the stuff is wild and crazy. Mom is crazy over here. But if you want to know the history of the Jews in Spain up to his time, he lived when the Arabs were still ruling Spain, before the Almohads. And so he has all the stories of Chastim and Shaprut, and Moshe Mechanoch, and Shmuel HaNogin, and so forth and so on. And so that's where he gets the stories from. It's the Sefer Kabbal. I didn't bring it in front of him on the table yet, but it's there. These are the, I'll tell you again, these are things that are Ovos and Ovos Ovos used to read. Okay? Um... That's where they actually got the information about the Geonim and Rishonim, especially in, in that time. Um, so, I just gave you three titles. The Yosifan, the Megillus Achimats, and the Sefer HaKabot. Another famous one, which is very appropriate for this time of the year, is out of Spain also, and that's called the Shevet Yehuda. Right? I don't think I ever did him. From uh, Shlombim and Vergab, and really, it's like three generations wrote it. If you want to get into it, you'll look it up yourself. And again, I have this wonderful edition I pick up all the time, as you see with Manuka and everything. And this is the story of the troubles in Spain in 1492, but also many troubles beforehand. He also talks about certain Gezeros, sufferings that the Jews had in other countries. And indeed, not surprisingly, when you get to these kind of books, which is a genre in the Middle Ages, a lot of it is bad, sad stuff. Talking about Chorban's, Gezeris, expulsions, blood libels, and all kinds of junk that the Jews were suffering, because this was the Messias in the Middle Ages. But if you want the classic stories, I mean really classic stories, of what, what, what you call 1492, the expulsion of the Jews in Spain, 
but also from 1391, the, the pogroms against the Jews in Spain. The from book of yesteryear was the Shev Yehuda. This is one of those books mentioned by the Mishnah Brura, which is that you're allowed to read on Shabbos. Because the Shulchan Aruch says, you shouldn't read this. I didn't make it up. We also Kara said, you shouldn't read history books on Shabbos. Right? But, you know, the Mishnah Brura was a firm guy, so I guess, but these kind of books you can read. Because they're Moser and Yerushalayim, all that kind of stuff. Okay? And there's some pretty horrifying stories of the sufferings of the Jews in 1492. These are the Svardim to He's interested those Jews who gave everything up and left the country, and were ripped off along the way and tortured and raped and murdered, leaving Spain. And he's got all the mices over there. So you have, again, you have the um, Yosifun, you get the milk, Gil Sachimas, you have the Sefer Kabbalah from the Ravid, and you have the Shevi Yehud. Okay? When the Jews left Spain, this left a big Rosh Hashanah, and it's in 1492, and that is the period when, in Western culture, you had the Renaissance in Italy, and part of the Renaissance was the rediscovery of an interest in history. It's not the only part, but it's a part. So notice history became a part of philosophy at that time. And you have, I don't want to give you the, all the Geisha names, Guisardini, Vico, and so forth. Um, we have an interest in uh, getting at the past. And this is picked up by the Jews in their way, because that's often what happens. We knock on what the Geisha are doing, but we're doing it in our own way. I'm talking about the firm world now. And therefore, there came out a whole bunch of books on the, of history among the Jews in Italy or Spain or places like that. One of the, the classics is the Sefer Yuchsen. Okay? The Sefer Yuchsen is from Abba Zakuto, which I happen to hold in my hand in English. See that? Those of you have trouble, I picked this up some time ago. It's a classic in Hebrew. But I got here to translate the whole Sefer Yuchsen in English. There are whole pieces in here that he has from the Jewish past. By the way, he has the Tanaim and the Marayim, the way he understands them. And he also has, if I remember correctly, um, other pieces like the history of the Zohar and the controversies around the history of the Zohar. He has over here a version of the Iger Shreer Gung, which is considered a classic uh, text of the Iger Shreer Gung. And he's got a lot to do over here with your Tanai Memorand. Okay? But he also has afterwards, so the Sefer Yuchsin, which is not simply about Yichus, but it's about history, is uh, a classic of Jewish historiography of the old school. And again, everybody had this Sefer. I go back what I said before, the Ramon, the Vildegon, the Marsha, you know, you name it. This is something they had in their library. And this is where they got their information from, right or wrong. Another book that comes out from that time, of this type, he actually wrote several books of this sort, is uh, uh, Sad. You understand? Sad. That's from Rabbi Yosef Akoim Harofi. And one of them is a classic called Emek Habocha. And the Emek Habocha, the Valley of Tears, is all about Gezeros. And he um, is listing all sorts of persecutions and sufferings and Shechitas, and Redifas, that the Jews suffered down the ages, particularly in his time. He describes the burning of the uh, Gemaras by the Pope. 
he was there. And um, it's written in a very classic uh, biblical style. Vahibi me so-and-so. But it'll be Ha-Pifyor, the Pope. And being in Italy, he was very familiar with all the different gezeros and persecutions by the different popes and the different dukes and princes and rulers that most people are not even familiar with, if not for the fact that he did. This guy busted in Jewish quarter and burned a bunch of books and he taxed on so many women and so forth in Bologna. So if you want to know, particularly, I mean, in general, but particularly about stuff that the Jews underwent in Italy, not only, but in Italy, um, in his time, the classic source that our Ovos and Ovos Ovos, they, they always have a copy of Eimei Kabocha. Right? They always have a copy of Eimei Kabocha. Uh, he wrote other books. Actually, I remember he wrote, a, he wrote a general history book, believe it or not. If I remember the history of the kings of Turkey, kings of France as well. Now, these were all very from people. But they had the history uh, bug. And therefore, you know, this is a subject that fascinated them. And it's part of what I said before, the Torah library. The Torah library. Uh, now, another book would be the Shalshal Sakabolo, which is also from that time. Uh, for some reason, it got very strongly attacked. They call Shalshal Sashaker. Maybe the, some, some of the stories are bunchable, but maybe not. It's, it's co- complicated. And uh, the Shalshal Sakabolo from Gedalia has a lot of mices about Big Rabbanan in his time, uh, some of which have gotten out there in the general Jewish uh, knowledge or not. I don't have it with me, but then I think in the Kahana book, they probably have all or most of it, the Shalshal Kabbalah. And when he says the word Kabbalah, he means history over there. And he's interested in the story of the rabbis. I remember he has all these mices about these gedolim like the Mari Ben Lev or something who were beaten up by their Balabatim and all kind of all kind of business like that. But as you can see, he has about Rabbi Yudah Levi, Ibn Ezra, the Rambam and Rashi, which is not a true story. Um, the Rashi Rabbeinu Tam, the Rivom, the Ramban, and so on and so forth. He has the story of the Nasana Tokov guy, um, you know, the famous one that we all heard of. And all I can tell you is that this was, a, again, a, a uh, became a classic. There's also the Kori Hadoros, which I don't have in front of me, from Conforte. These are all people living in Spain, that era, after the uh, ex- expulsion of the Jews in uh, 1492. And um, uh, they're interested, you know, trying to locate their current reality by comparing it to the past, because that is what you do in history. One of the things about history is it helps you locate the present. If I say to you, who are you? As I always tell my students. You can give all kinds of answers. You can give a scientific answer. I'm a homo sapiens. I got two eyeballs and a nose and teeth and all that. All of which is true. But when I want to know who are you, what I'm really asking is who, how relate your present to your past. Who you, Where are you? Are you from Baltimore? Are you from somewhere else? Where's your family come from? Where'd you go to school? I, I want to know your history so I can locate you this way. That's how these guys thought. Okay, that's how these guys thought. So you have, as I say before, the Shalshals and Kabbalah. Another classic from those days is saved for Debe Eliyahu from uh, Eliyahu Kapsali from Concrete. Again, I don't have it in front of me. But he has pieces of it over here. And uh, he had the history, very interesting, the history of the yeshivas in Italy, especially 
if you want to find out about the Volusian of Italy, which was, um, what do you call it? In Padua. And he learned during that yeshiva. He describes the style of the shir and the learning and the pilpa, as he said, you know, I suppose you have to wave your hands, he says, and things like that. And again, it's a golden only, it's a classic of Leo Kapsali. And uh, I don't know if that one circulated as much as the others, but it's a classic uh, of that style. Uh, there is, again, another one from that period. We have Emi Kabocha, the Shashos Kabola, the Koreadoras, and, oh yeah, oh, I do have Koreadoras here. Excuse me. Yeah, I do have that. I'm very good. Um, so this is the size of it. And as I said before, W. Conforti, here you'd have all about the, um, the, the, among other things, he tells you who wrote all this for him and, uh, and, and what kind of uh, tzaddikim they were. Let's put it back All these maizalach. Okay? Um, then you have an Ashkenazic classic, which is unusual because you usually have Ashkenazim. And that's this. Um, the Tzemach David, who was David Ganza Talmud of the Ramah, but he also was a scientist, and he hung around some of the famous uh, astronomers of his time, because he was from Prague, and he's in the time of the morale, and the time of the morale, actually, also, and um, in his time, uh, believe it or not, Prague was the capital of the German Empire, it was the seat of the emperor, the headquarters of science, the most advanced science. It was in Prague in his time, and he was totally into it. Um, and he wrote, and and part of his, so in other words, I'm talking about a Moscow of the 16th century, and therefore he, he was a Talmud Chacham, and he learned and all that stuff. He also was interested in history, and clearly he was interested in secular history. Now, I would say he might be the first guy of this type, who wants to locate, as I do sometimes in these podcasts, uh, what's happening in Jewish history within the context of what's happening in world history. Therefore, he has two parts, the Geisha history part and the Jewish history part. Okay? He has about the history of Pilpul, all kinds of things like that. And um, it's he has uh, the, the Seder of, you know, the Tanoim, Amroim, Rabbanu Samurai, and all the rest of it. And it's a famous... And by the way, he has a lot of hashoros. Guesses, they're wild and crazy. Doesn't mean it's correct. Uh, later on in the 20th century, the, the Durs of Hashem goes after him a bunch of times. They don't like his approach. But that doesn't matter. I'll say it again. This part of the old Torah library. I have the fancy edition from Professor Mordecai Breuer, who's a Yaki was interested in this sort of thing. And he's got Roman history of there that he got from the Roman books. Because you see... In Prague, in his time, they had tremendous science and good libraries. And to know history once upon a time meant, you know, the classics. History was the history of the Greeks and the Romans. And so, in the same way that I'm describing for you today, the basic books out there that an educated Jew was supposed to know, if you want to know anything about Jewish history, let's say I'm talking about a dozen, two dozen books at the most, less. So similarly, if you want to know the Roman history or the Greek history, there were, again, a dozen, two dozen, three dozen books in total. And if you read those books, you know everything there is to know at that time. 
In other words, Herodotus, Thucydides, Plutarch, you know, those kind of guys. Tacitus, Suetonius, you know, this, 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 you read them all. In other words, it's a doable project. So if somebody wanted to know all there was about Roman history, you might say, I guess, why talk to the Romans? That was what was out there. That was considered a classical education. Nobody knew about it or was interested or gave a fig for Chinese history, Indonesian history, and all the rest of it, even though from a modern perspective, it's very racist. Okay, so it was. So this is the world over there. Now he wants to, and by the way, the Jews didn't live in Indonesia and in China. The Jews lived among the Romans and Greeks. So that would interest the Tamak David. So in addition to his astronomy books, he wrote this famous history or chronicle book, which is, again, is a classic of the Frum Library. Everybody had, everybody knows about the Semach Doeg. What I'm trying to say is like this. You'll be surprised. You'll look in Chalice and Tuba sometimes. I mean, from the Firma to the Firma, they'll say, oh, Kamosha Kosu, there's so-and-so and say over there. Now, I didn't pick, I forgot to bring in here. Maybe it's a unconscious or conscious. The most controversial of the books of this nature was, of course, Azaria de Rossi, who I have in the other room. He wrote the Morning Night. Azaria de Rossi, I did a, a, a lecture on, it should be online somewhere, when I did the Seven Famous Historians. It's a lecture series I did a long time ago. It's on the video. Uh, I don't know if it's on the audio or not. And he was a rabbi in, in um, northern Italy. He wrote a first attempt at a modern history book in which he critiques um, the old histories, and including he also critiques the Gemaras, I might say. And so when it says, for example, the bug went up the nose of Titus, that's famous um, for Tishabov. The bug goes up the nose of Titus in the famous story. And the Gemara eventually drives him crazy and kills him. And he's out uh, the whole thing. Is that a true story or not? Because we know how many records of this in the Romans. And Titus died in a different way and so on and so forth. And he is the guy who provoked the um, morale of Prague to write a book all against him. The Maral's book is the Be'er Hagola. So that's already a famous book of yesteryear, which was controversial. So I don't know if the villain Lagone had it. We know the Tos is but a whole bunch of other people had it. The Akhmem did. And they do quote from it, as the Akhmem says, Lotus Ave, Adomi Ki So in other words, Adomi is Zari de Rossi, Adom, red, Rossi. And what he meant by that is, like we say today, listen, the book has some bad parts in it, but also has good parts. So that's a little bit of a different sort of thing. I don't believe the Mishnah Bird would say, oh, it's okay to read Zayda Rossi on Shabbos. But all these other books I mentioned, the Mishnah Bird would be totally fine with. So I'm just trying to tell you, we have a tradition of a certain type of historiography. In modern times, we call these chronicles. That's the modern historians making fun of them. Chronicles. Um... Because they don't have footnotes, they don't have any comparison, it's usually not critique, critical. And the last of these, for our purposes today, or maybe the next to the list, is the person who's York site is this week, that's Nelson Hanover, who wrote, of course, the Tachbatak, the Yvain Mitzula, which is my copy with Nakudas I gave out to somebody and she'll ask me to borrow it this week, but I'm happy to do it. And this tells you all the story in close detail of the Cossack massacres. Now, is all of it accurate, not accurate? Is any other historians are debating this down to the... It's pretty good. 
But this became the source. And if you reel from, when it comes Chav Sivan, or the three weeks, or the three weeks, people whip this out and go through all the stories of a Kazakh Korban and so forth and so on, of the Xeris Takwata, 1648-1649. And especially they would read with sadness his elegiac descriptions of the golden age of the Jews in Poland, which is destroyed by the Cossack massacres. When the Kalisro had it good in Poland, the way he describes it, had yeshivas and money, and yichas and blah, 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 the whole thing. Um, so this is a classic piece. Um, the title here is Zer Sakata, but really, it's Yevain Mitzul. To be perfectly honest, this this edition I have has more than Yevain Mitzul. It has um, a few others that I've mentioned from time to time. It also has the Tzoko Itim and the Megillah Seifa. Megillah Seifa is from the Shach I did a couple weeks ago. I read pieces of it. And the Tzoko Itim is from that time. But the the um, Yevain Mitzul is the classic. So these are all the books of that library. I'll throw in one more. Uh, maybe the last of this genre, possibly. And that would be from the 18th century. And that's this golden oldie. The Seder Hadoros, which I don't think has been put into a fancy edition. Um, and that's from the time of the Shagasari, uh, from uh, Yechil Halpern in Minsk. He was actually the Bar Plukta with the Shagasari, and he is interested in trying to locate all the Tanaim Amram. He basically collects from all the, the literature that I said beforehand, and it became a, um, a classic, you might say, of... Uh, Jewish historiography. Um, it is very far from perfect. There's a guy living in Minsk in the 18th century without too much access to all this stuff. But he has all your Rishonim, Yachronim. Look, I'm just pulling it a page. Elav HaChamishi, the current uh, millennium that we're in now. And, of course, you got all your Rishonim over here. But he also has um, different parts of the Tanaim Amaraim and who they were and when they lived and so on and so forth. Like these other books before, and um, they became a golden oldie. Uh, since I'm in the 18th century, I would also make. Uh, so everybody has a Seder at Duras. You know, right or wrong, everybody would have this Sefer. And while I'm there, I would just throw in the Chidah's famous, uh, what's it called? Shem uh, Hagadolim. I didn't bring it in. I'm not going to go in the other room and bring it in. Where he has, of course, two volumes, one listing alphabetically all the famous farm, and the other one listing alphabetically all the famous machabrim. That's really good, mainly for your um, late Rishonim Achronim. And these were part that pretty much wraps up, I would say, the uh, classic history library of the Frum Jew of Once Upon a Time. Between those titles I just mentioned, for there are a couple titles here and there, but a little too detailed. For our treatment, uh, between these was the library that the from Jew once upon a time uh, turned to and accessed and pulled out from if he wanted to find about the past. So now it's the three weeks where we're doing uh, uh, Tisha Bubbles around the corner. So the average guy will pull out the OC Fun. You get it? If it's a little bit more interesting, he might pull out one of these other things, but they're mainly co- copying from the OC Fun. Uh, if he wants to locate in a wider range, he might pull up the Seder Adoras. 
You see what I'm saying? If he said, I already know about that, but I want to find out about the sufferings in Spain, he would get the Sheva Yehuda. If he wanted to know about Tach uh, Vatat, uh, he get the Yavay Mitzvah. If you want to know about other Xeras from the Middle Ages, you get the Emek Habocha. Well, he doesn't call the Emek Habocha for nothing. You see? And so on and so forth. This was the world of our Avos when they wanted to confront the past. Now, the reason I'm sharing it with you is every educated Jew who's interested in the past should make it his business to go through these books at one time or another. You don't have to be a PhD in history to do this. And they are by no means the final word in Jewish history. There's a lot more information out there, there, especially nowadays, right? But the same way a person should be familiar with the, I don't know, you know, the CLC Charm, there are certain books you should be familiar with as part of being a broad, you know, kind of a Torah education. So in the history department, these were the books of the quote-unquote broad Torah education once upon a time. Armed with this knowledge, then you read other more modern historical studies, you're bringing in a certain grounding. You can say, oh, this is different than what Yosemite says, or it's the same, or not, or whatever. Or after you read Yosemite, you see Yosemite's inside, or you see somebody's more modern treatments. Now that we have the internet, so you have even more stuff available to you. But the same way you don't want to see from Klishani, you have from Klirishim. All these books that I mentioned now are Klirishims. Now, I'll say it again. This is not comprehensive. And one of the things that comes to mind, but I don't want to get bogged down this, are the famous travelogues. There's famous Jewish travelers like you've heard of Binyamin Mitudela and Psachia of Regensburg. Those are other historical sources. You know, accurate, more accurate, less accurate. He does a book like that. But... Uh, as far as straightforward history and historical chronicles, what I gave you today is a pretty good reading list uh, if you're interested in pursuing this um, on your own. Uh, so that's what I want to say today. Uh, it is the yard site of one of them, of the author of the Yuvay Mitzula, but he's famous for being a member of this tribe that I just mentioned. The Yuvay Mitzula author didn't run any famous farm, on Gemara or anything like that. He's famous for history, see? But from history. There's no question over here that when they see the Xerus and suffering in the past, they locate it within the framework of God. Why is Hashem doing this? So these are historical as well as meta-historical. Anyway, that's what I wanted to say. Again, I want to thank uh, Henry Rosenberg for sponsoring. And uh, maybe some of you will be uh, inspired or moved by this to check out one of these titles that I mentioned this morning. With that, I wish you all a good week. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.com dot rabbi david